Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Selling smoothies is what I do, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. He's a small business owner, too, so he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher, live from Radio Row in Phoenix. Chaos of bodies behind me. <laughs> Maybe see Drew Dinsick, the more calmer surrounds of uh, the Waste Management Phoenix Open. How is it out there, Drew? Oh my God, what a beautiful day. This is, uh, it's a cool course, but I got to tell you, the vibe here of just people enjoying the sport of golf and having a great afternoon is, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's intoxicating. It's as fun a golf tournament as I ever could have imagined. And I had high expectations coming out here. Uh, so far, the conditions have been tougher than people were expecting from a handicapping standpoint. Uh, it was blowing wind and not in a good direction, particularly for the back nine early this morning. The conditions have calmed a bit, but boy, oh boy, greens are wicked fast. Uh, don't have a stint reading, but I've seen some, you know, some pretty uh, ridiculous rolls so far. And uh, it's going to be a great tournament because we have 23 of the best 24 golfers in the world here. Uh, and it is going to uh, it's going to be an amazing weekend. Fantastic. All right. Well, look who's here. It's Mike Tanya from Football Outsiders. Uh, Mike's been on the show before. Good to see you in person, though, Mike. Nice to be close as well. It's exciting to be here. But this is the very spot from which Chris Sims recently <laughs> yeah. plummeted. Yes. Uh, making a viral video. There's a chalk outline <laughs> yeah. on the floor right behind me. So I'm very wary. So I was doing a little Collinsworth slide here, but I think that counts as a stunt. I'll have to talk to my agent to make sure that's okay that I do that. It was, uh, if you see the video, which uh, which I'm sure everyone who is watching this will see it in the next 24 hours. It's one of the most graceful falls you will ever see. Chris walked me through it step by step where he was like, I thought there was going to be some give. And then I realized it was game over. So I decided to just go with it. And uh, it ended up looking as good as I can for uh, falling off a stage at Radio Row. But uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, all right, let's get right into it. NFL honors are tonight, Mike. We have talked about every award at length yes. uh, from a betting perspective all season long. Do you have any particular big positions or interests tonight? Somewhere in early October, mid-October, I saw Geno Smith comeback player of the year, and I believe it, like, plus 1,800. Yeah. I don't have the number. And I leapt on it. I nearly I nearly went through the screen of my uh, my desktop oh, to get Chris it. Chris Sims. Yeah, I, yeah I, Chris Sims <laughs> backwards into it. Now, again, my, my, there are I know, I personally know a lot of the voters. Mm. And so you have to be very careful and judicious. Yes, and like, yes. You know, what do you think about this? I said, I think you should... You should vote for Geno Smith because I have money on this. Yeah. And also, I do think that, that, that it's an incredible story. Yes. I respect Christian McCaffrey. I respect everybody comes back from an ACL injury. Coming back from the ACL injury is kind of common in, in football and in sports. Coming back from a decade in the wilderness. Yes. Coming back from the Jets of the Tim Tebow era. Like, these are 
these are unique things. And so that's one of the best I had going tonight. That I really have my fingers crossed. Well, for. the common refrain, and we've talked about this on the show, is people say, what's, well, what's Geno Smith coming back from? He's yeah. coming back from the wilderness. He's coming back from the yes. dead. And also, I was we uh, Matthew Barry and I, we interviewed Tyler Lockett on our show earlier today. Mm -hmm. And Tyler Lockett was making the case of Geno Smith where he's like, you don't understand how hard it is to not be a starting quarterback mm -hmm. for seven, eight years yes. and then come in and do the job that he's done. That's a that's a comeback story that is suitable for an award that doesn't really have a definition. Yeah, uh, Ryan Tannehill came back from Adam Gase. Yes, Adam yeah. Gase was is considered adversity. Yeah, that you come back from. Uh, Geno Smith got put through the New York media ringer twice, the Jets ringer, and then the Giants ringer yeah. because how dare you replace Eli when Eli was you know he could be behind me so I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he could be on the right? he could be on the ground back yeah. there. You know? <laughs> yeah. So so you know I believe Geno is. is is worthy. I, I made some other picks along the way that, like, you know, when you're betting MVP, when you're betting coach of the year in October, it's speculatory. They fell by the wayside. Yes. I, if I hit on this, it covers a lot of mistakes <laughs> and it covers a lot of future college basketball mistakes. <laughs> so I, really, really this. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Two quick thoughts. One, Geno Smith's season deserves some sort of recognition. Like what he did was, you know, among the most impressive things we saw in football all year. So comeback player of the year with the, as Jake kind of mentioned, the loose definition, perfect award for him. Uh, do you have, and oh, by the way, like uh, you were kind of softly, softly massaging the voting block specifically. <laughs> but uh, like, I think that, you know, just talking about it and the show and kind of shaping markets has a huge impact as well because people probably look to the odds for ideas of well who should i consider and then they see you know geno smith is the favorite and they're like yeah that makes sense to me he gets my vote so it, it's a, it's a little bit cyclical and it's a lot of fun to comment on this all we all year um which brings me to the key question coach of the year is the least decided at least from what i've seen reading columns getting people's opinions uh I've, 50-50 split maybe right now if you made a market between Dable and Shanahan. Uh, two quick two questions. Who do you think will win uh, and who do you think deserves to win? I have a feeling Kyle Shanahan is going to win and you can respect that. You can respect that. I took Dable in October. Again, like around 6-1, and 7-2. and two. This was before the Brock Purdy experience. And, uh, you know, the, that's, the, the Giants were playing well. And I got Dable at around 3-30. I mean, there's obviously a case for him. There's obviously a case for Nick Sirianni, who's in the Super Bowl right now. But if you if you look at the voting history, it's very much either the new guy or like the storyline. Not like uh, your team is good, and that's because that makes you good. So I'm feeling Kyle Shanahan. And again, these are voters who were voting in December, January, when they're looking at Brock Purdy's, you know, unbelievable uh, uh, hot streak. And I think that speaks to Shanahan's coaching. Yeah, my read on this is basically that. Dable's case is quite similar to Pete Carroll, to Doug Peterson, and that's going to kind of cannibalize a little bit. And the way the voting is now where it's one, two, three on the ballot as opposed to just one mm -hmm. first place vote, I think Dable probably beats Shanahan in first place votes, uh -huh. but I think Shanahan is going to be on every single ballot and he's going to get a lot of seconds and thirds, and I think that probably gives him the slightest of edges. That's the one element of this that I have a hard time prognosticating. It's new. I'm not like Mr. Balloting expert guy, but you're right. There's all those elements of... The person who gets a bunch of second places could wind up first overall if there's like a lack of consensus, and it's going to be a couple of years before we can see how that 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 goes into motion. Yep, well, and uh, yeah, yeah. Drew and I will be uh, we'll have a live stream that people can tune into. Uh, we start at uh, 9 p.m. Yeah. Eastern. It's yep. looking like during the NFL honors. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you can tune into that and uh, see me keel over 
and Brian Dable defeats Kyle Shanahan. Did, uh, did, that reminds me, did we lock down Steve Kornacki to break down the ballots? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we've got to text. We've got to text Steve and uh, have him break it down when uh, Shanahan loses by one third place vote. Uh, Mike, there's a Super Bowl on uh, Sunday. Uh, we should talk about it. Now, I know we've been kind of talking about the Super Bowl for two weeks straight. There's not much left to say. Is there kind of one angle or perspective that you think is the most interesting that is maybe not covered as much? Or one thing that, because the thing to me that's most interesting is what does the Eagles offense look like if they start playing from behind? Because they haven't had to play from behind all season and whether Jalen Hurts' efficiency uh, really takes a tumble with that. Is there anything in particular that you're looking for in the game? I have nothing left. Yeah. I have nothing left <laughs> yeah. to say. No, no it's it, when you talk about playing from behind, the, the Chiefs, I believe, are one of the best first quarter teams in the NFL for football outsiders, DVOA, per raw stats, et cetera. The Eagles are also like in the top 10. It, the second quarter, the Eagles destroy everyone. Yes. Okay. When you talk about playing from behind, you're, you're talking about playing from like a two score sure. deficit like that. I just don't think it gets there. Okay. I just don't think – I think this is going to be a back-and-forth game. Um, I, you know, when you look at, like, well, how will the Chiefs build this lead? Um, by, like, firing the ball downfield against that secondary, against that pass rush? No, it's not going to be big, explosive plays. It's going to be methodical. Sure. Okay. What are the Eagles going to do on offense? They're going to move the ball on offense against that defense. They should be able to run the ball. They should be able to go over the top against those rookie uh, corners a little bit. So that's not an element of, uh, that I'm looking at. I think one of the elements we're all looking at, though, is short yardage situations. And we all know the Eagles are unbelievable in short yardage. I did, I did an article at Football Outsiders about the sneak. I wrote about the sneak. I've been writing about the sneak so much. <laughs> okay. Eagles are exceptional short yardage team. The Chiefs are not a very good short yardage defense. And they're not a very good short yardage offense. You know they want to break out this weird, like, improv theater, like, fake this, fake that on short yardage. They do that because they can't run the sneak. Mahomes doesn't like it. They don't necessarily like running up the middle, so they don't have success there. If this is a game that comes down to who can convert a fourth and one, obviously, big advantage Eagles. Yeah, maybe no better team in the history of short yardage in terms of particularly how they've embraced it and not even like no trickery. It's just we're lining up with the Jalen Hurts yeah. formation and we're just, we're just going to go for it. Yeah. I think, to me, the thing I'll be most interested on on the first Kansas City series is that in retrospect – it's perhaps a little crazy that with the last Kansas City Super Bowl against Tampa Bay, mm -hmm. we all knew that the KC offensive line was incredibly banged up. Yep. But we just thought, well, it's still Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Andy Reid's got two weeks to scheme around it. Yep. And uh, didn't 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 work. Didn't really work so good. Uh, do you think that perhaps the Eagles' defensive line could overwhelm a better but still not flawless KCO line? Yeah, there was nothing to scheme for Andy Reid to do schematically when he was dealing with those backup tackles a couple of years ago. This is different. I think the Eagles' defensive line has an advantage, but not a Super Bowl from two years ago level advantage. And there are things that, that Andy Reid can do because he can count on basic level protection, even though there's going to be pressure. And, and one of the things I've been talking about is the screen game. Andy Reid, the Chiefs, has always been an outstanding screen passing team. The screen pass is the best weapon, unless you want your tight ends to block, which I don't think we want Travis Kelsey blocking. No. I don't think that's the plan. The screen is your weapon in this case. that You can go bring the pass rush. To Mahomes, he can throw over the top of it. The question is, how effective can it be? How many times can you turn to that? At some point, it's going to be Mahomes on a five- or seven-step drop. It's going to be pressure from both edges. It's going to be pressure up the middle. Mahomes can escape just about everything. You can't escape everything all at once. Okay? And so what is the answer going to be for that? I don't know the answer. Andy Reid's had two weeks to think of it. Interesting. Interesting. The, uh, the angle that I've ended up sticking my neck out on here 
uh, kind of revolves around experience. Uh, you know, if you want to tell me that these two teams are a coin flip on a neutral field based on talent, I'm fine with that. I don't really have an issue. If you want to tell me the Eagles are a better team on a neutral, I don't agree with that. But I do think you have to give Kansas City a bump in terms of win probability because of the experience. The fact that the coach and quarterback have now been here three and four times uh, is important to me. Uh, and I don't know. Do you have a, any kind of a read on uh, whether this will manifest as an actionable angle in the Super Bowl? And, uh, you know, do you think it's been largely overlooked? I don't know if it's been overlooked. I've talked about it on a lot of shows. Uh, I'm sure, true. And it's right. You're right. I think you have to put because it's not an intangible at this point. Like, that's not an intangible. Andy Reid has done this, this, and this. Mahomes has done this, this, and this. Andy's record with bye weeks, all, all of these things are demonstrably uh, important. My thing is, I don't think – I think the Eagles are a better team on a neutral field. I honestly think they are. I think once you get past Mahomes, Kelsey, Jones, there's this sea of guys that you say the Eagles have advantage receivers versus corners. They have advantage corners versus receivers. they got to have advantage defensive ends versus tackles and tackles versus defensive ends. There are all these things that you can stack up for the Eagles where I think they get to hear if you're not talking about how Andy Reid and the experience and Mahomes and knowing what to do and how to prepare gets that gets the Chiefs to hear. Yeah. Well, Drew and I have talked about this a fair bit, but I think one of the reasons that the line was Eagles minus two and a half for a stretch is that it seems like most of the concern injury-wise is around mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes and his ankle, whereas mm -hmm. I think Drew and I are aligned in thinking that, well, we're more worried about Jalen Hurts and his shoulder. Uh -huh. I guess in the game against San Francisco, which, by the way, was six weeks after he hurt the shoulder, yeah. he was still wincing in pain every time he got hit and didn't seem to have any touch on his deep balls to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. He'll probably look better. I think Mahomes will look 90 yes. 5%, yeah. I, I think, based on what he showed, particularly in the first half against Cincinnati. All right, I'm going to hit a promo, and then I'm going to ask you about some props, Mike. Right. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in the Premier League and college basketball. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Selling smoothies is what I do, but for small business insurance, I chose my state farm agent. He's a small business owner, too, so he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. It's time to get your swagger back with PointsBet Sportsbook. New customers can sign up now with the code BETTHEEDGE to get five second chance bets up to $500. That's five straight days of second chances where PointsBet will match your losing wager in free bets. So use the promo code BETTHEEDGE and enjoy more live betting markets than ever before. PointsBet, it's your move.
New customers only. Must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, or West Virginia. In partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, that is the first bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Cash out is not available on all wagers and may not be equivalent to the initial wager. PointsBet can disable or suspend the cash out feature at any time. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website app for more details. Void where prohibited. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. That's 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Pennsylvania, call 1-877-770-STOP. That's 1-877-770-6867 in Louisiana. All right, you tell me you had a couple of props in your notebook, which is a literal notebook, not a uh, kind of metaphorical one, uh, as I kind of lead into. What have you got? Uh, here are a couple that caught my eye. This was the one I like better. I was talking about fourth downs. Eagles to uh, convert a fourth down in their own territory. Yes. Their side of the 50 at plus 300. Yeah. Wow. That's a good one. That's a good one. You think this is going to be a close game. They are super aggressive. They know they've got a score to keep up with Mahomes. And you're talking about the 48-yard line. Someplace like that. And, of course, you've got a team. That, by the way, the Eagles' aggressiveness in, index, according to uh, Football Outsiders, 57% more aggressive on fourth downs than the typical team this year. Yep. Yes. Most aggressive team in the NFL. I like this as a bet. A bet. Again, it's plus 300. I like the juice there as well. Um, this is one that my boss, Aaron Schatz, gave me at Football Outsiders. MVP award because of the juice, Miles Sanders. Yeah. Plus 2,200. We've been talking about him. Right. Yeah. Right. This is a game where it could come down to the Eagles running attack. They could, I mean, they go with the hot hand a lot. Yep. But if Sanders is the guy who comes out with, you know, 100 yards, a touchdown, two touchdowns, the other running backs are not like big names that are going to sit in the head of a, of a voter. No. Sanders is a big enough name that he could get that there. And at that, obviously, Mahomes hurts there, your front runners, et cetera. The juice is not good. 2,200, that's pretty good juice. One other thing I like, and uh, the Chiefs have not made as many mistakes on offense as they did in years past, where yes. they would sometimes go for try to, you know, YOLO ball a few and, and make some more turnovers. You're still facing a defense with 70 sacks that was leading the league in takeaways earlier on. Eagles defense special teams, anytime touchdown score, up at plus 600. Okay. You're one scoop and score, you know, one mistake. We've seen some fumbles in the, by the, uh, by the um, Chiefs receivers yeah. that have turned into turnovers. One play like that, obviously, I don't think there's going to be a return touchdown. Plus 600, I like that because it's also a fun bet, frankly, Yes. in this game. And there should be a little bit of an element of fun in there. I particularly like the the Eagles plus 300 to go yeah. for it in their own territory. Oh, love, love that. The uh, 
because you can back plus 115 for either team to do that. But okay. I think you're probably better off just backing the Eagles at plus 300 mm-hmm. because Andy Reid is a much more conservative coach yes. than Nick Sirianni. I think that's probably something that I know you've talked about and Football Outsiders has been on, but Reid is extremely conservative yes. uh, with his fourth down decision-making. It's a weird thing that we've talked about where I think you can make a case that overall maybe the three best coaches in the NFL mm-hmm. are Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, and Bill Belichick, who, by the way, are three of the most conservative coaches. Yes. I have a theory that Bill Belichick just has nightmares about the fourth and two call against Indianapolis like 15 years ago, and ever since then, he's just gone ultra-conservative. He, he has nightmares about uh, uh, Matt Patricia calling a play for Mac Jones. Yes, yes. That is his nightmare. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan is always conservative, but Brock Purdy, like, like you know, we have our percentages, then you have, I don't know how many plays Brock Purdy knows. Reed's the odd one. Now, yeah. we know Mahomes, they don't want to run the sneak with that. They've got a 1,000 plays. But I, I think the mentality Reed has, first of all, he is an older coach, and this is sort of a younger coach's thing. We'll get the ball back, we'll score next time. Yeah. Now, I don't agree with that. I don't think that's a logical way to approach So you've got Mahomes score now. Yes. But I think Reed's like, we'll get it back. We'll be back. We'll be back in the red zone later, guys. We'll catch yeah. the field. You know, it's kind of wild. If Shanahan was more aggressive, Mahomes probably has no Super Bowls. And, right. the, and the big narrative this week is, can he get the monkey off his back and finally win one? Like that, like that is what everyone is talking about. So have two tries, zero Super Bowls. So no. that universe. Yeah, oh, my God, Sam. <laughs> oh, my God, Sam. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, no, the fourth down circling just Philly, easy call. You know, Nick Sirianni, he, co- he specifically calls the game to give himself short fourth down yardage in the right part of the field. So on his own 40, if it's third and five, He's going to run Sanders and try to get three yards so that he can go for it on fourth and two. Like, that's his MO. It is clear as day. And if there's anything that gives the Eagles a chance, in my opinion, in this game, it is his uh, degree to, um, you know, go for it when it matters. And, and that actually creates a little conundrum in the world of analytics as we try to analyze the game. Because historically, you considered a four-yard gain on third and five or third and six a negative play, a bad play. It could be a play by design. Doug Peterson will do the same thing. So you have to treat it as a mild positive play when there's actual aggressiveness on fourth down. That creates fascinating conundrums where you can discover your methodology is a couple of years out of date and you're getting a false read on a team that's actually doing the right things and just being aggressive and changing the percentages. We got we could do a whole podcast on this in the offseason. It's a fascinating point. I never really even thought about that. But if you're calibrated to only getting three yards on third and five is bad, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, because no longer yeah, – now that's a signal of – uh, you know, advanced thinking and certain part of the field. Yep. All right. Last one for you, Mike. I'm not sure if you've got the 100% confirmed final score in that notebook of yours, no. but do you have a prediction? And the total is 50 and a half. So I'm wondering who wins? Does it go over, under? And have you got an MVP? Over, 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 yeah. over, 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 <laughs> over, over, over. All right. Now over. that's, yeah, over, over, over. By the way, I was looking at the first quarter overs and second quarter yeah. overs. First quarter overs at 9.5, which is within the realm. I'd yeah. consider it. And we talked about second quarter. They're both outstanding second quarter teams. Yes. Second quarter over is all the way up at 14.5. Mm. It's, a, it's a don't do it, don't yeah. do it, don't do it. Uh, and, of course, it's different when you're in game. You might, like, change your mind along the way. I love the over. The official football outsiders pick is the Chiefs. In okay. part because you get a point and a half, and you get a little bit of wiggle room on 34-33, 32-31. Sure. I feel like, and based out of Philly, lifelong Eagles fan, reformed Eagles fan, whatever you want to call me. <laughs> I feel weirdly confident that this is an Eagles victory. It just seems like they have more avenues to victory than the Chiefs do. The Chiefs' avenue to victory is Reed, Mahomes, Kelsey, Gurr, go. 
Eagles can do all the other things. Okay, I like that. And you like Miles Sanders as the value pick for MVP. Value pick for MVP, and then it would probably be Jalen Hurts as the pick a, pick for MVP. Is the most likely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining, Mike. Can you tell yes. people where to follow you and uh, and what you're working on for Football Outsiders? You can find me at FootballOutsiders.com. I've been writing all week. There's so much content on FootballOutsiders.com about the Eagles, about the Chiefs, about the NFL in general. Come check us out, footballoutsiders.com. Consider becoming an FO Plus subscriber because you can get the tools you need. Now pick your own winners, pick your own props, and break down the NFL from a thousand different angles using DVOA metrics. So footballoutsiders.com. There you go. Pleasure, Mike. Always Thank you for joining us. You got it. Whoa! Cool. <laughs> yeah, the, the Mike Tanya slide out. Yeah, the Chris Sims dive. I like it. All right. A reminder that we have live coverage from the Super Bowl in Arizona all week on Peacock. Our daily lineup, Dan Patrick Show, 9 a.m., Fantasy Ball Happy Hour, 12 p.m. I'm on that. PFT Live, 1 p.m., and then Brother from Another closes us out at 3 p.m. All times Eastern. If you don't catch it on video, you can always check out the audio version wherever you download and subscribe to your podcast. Had a lot of fun today, Drew, talking to, uh, I think, every player in the NFL. Uh, certainly felt like that. Uh, we had Debo Samuel, Josh Jacobs, Brian Robinson, Austin Eckler. Tyler Lockett, uh, who was great. Uh, we interviewed Annie Agar as well. That was a lot of fun. And then tomorrow we've got some uh, some big names as well. So check that out. Kevin Durant uh, hijacks oh Super Bowl week. Uh, he's the biggest name in Phoenix at the moment, not Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts. Uh, so we are, as I mentioned, we're going to do a live stream with the NFL Honors. Uh, and we'll talk about, I think we'll talk about some NBA uh, on that live stream as we uh, nervously wait through the awards. Uh, but let's talk about some Durant now. Obviously gets traded to the Suns, a lot of movement in the markets, just division, which is for me personally is the one I'm most interested in as someone who uh, has been on the Suns. The Suns go from plus 225 to minus 250 to win the Pacific division. That's a little aggressive. I uh, would advise people they can get something close to cash out value on that. And they backed it when I gave it out on Twitter, plus 390, go do that. Um, then they lead the Clippers plus 350 and then the Kangs at six to one. Most interesting, though, is that the Suns are now plus 400 to win the NBA title, plus 175 to win the West. So the question is, Drew, do you think that the Phoenix Suns are now clearly the best team in the Western Conference? I do. Uh, this is the And by the way, the Suns to win the Pacific, that's the fastest I've ever gotten equity of that magnitude. <laughs> um, no. that, yeah. that, was, this was so, that was so fast. What was it one week ago that we, it was four to one? Three, like, three this days was, ago. Three days. Think, like this, this, this is unbelievable how quickly that spun. And um, I mean, maybe more important even for the. I mean, obviously, Kevin Durant's the most important part of this uh, for this discussion. Not just for them to win the Pacific, but for them to get the uh, you know chance for a title. Um, but uh, you know, in addition to that, Lakers didn't improve. Clippers didn't improve. Um, and uh, you know, I don't really. I'm not sure what the Warriors are going to look like if they ever find form. Um, but this is like a Suns v Kings market now for me i'm gonna end up getting involved with the kings at these prices i think that's drifted way too far uh for the pacific and so uh this is now just a matter of uh you know waiting it out because I, I do think suns are in a great position now to take the pacific to get a top two seed and uh, maybe top three seed realistically but um i think this is huge for them to win the west i don't know that i'm all of a sudden backing them against the likes of the celtics in the finals uh the celtics quietly won against the uh, sixers last night uh, that was a huge leverage game for them in protecting the one seed. And the one seed all of a sudden in the East now matters a lot. 
because you're going to get a much softer semifinals than the other semifinals, which is presumably going to be Bucks Sixers. So you're only going to now have to play one of those teams in an Eastern Conference Finals. It's probably going to be the Bucks. Uh, I would lean Celtics pretty heavily there. Um, and so I think Celtics are still likely the winners of this championship in my mind. Um, but this makes it a lot more interesting. And I think uh, the team that is hurt the most in all the, you know, the last you know, Sixers obviously hurt because, uh, you know, just now their path to get the one seed is so narrow. Um, but the Grizzlies, too. I think the Grizzlies had a golden opportunity to put some of their assets on the table and to upgrade the three. And they did not. Couldn't get Miles Bridges, couldn't get OG Ananobi. Either of those guys all of a sudden makes this a very real championship aspiration for that team. Uh, and now they have to do it with uh, Dylan Brooks, which is not inspiring me. Not inspired by Luke Kennard. They picked up Luke Kennard, uh, who uh, couldn't play for the Los Angeles Clippers, who are a worse team than the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thought process to figure out like, at what point is it better to back the Suns for the, the championship versus back them for the West, if you think that's the angle. Based on the prices that I'm seeing, I would probably skew towards backing them to win the West just because right now they're so far behind Boston and Milwaukee in the standings that they're just not going to catch them for home court. And there's more than a 50% chance that Boston or Milwaukee represents the East in the finals, at yeah. which point Phoenix uh, would be on the road and I suspect an underdog to either of those teams, even with yeah. their super team. Milwaukee might be interesting, actually. That, that could be very close if the Suns start looking like a juggernaut. And also Philadelphia, on the off chance they get out of the East, which we think is unlikely, but still they're the third most likely team in the East. The Suns won't have home court in that series either, most likely. So I agree. I think they're a juggernaut. I think that I still think I lean Nuggets to come out of the West because they're the one seed and they're going to have home court in every series, whereas okay. Phoenix may only have home court in one series and also have no depth whatsoever so are extremely exposed to an injury or extremely exposed to Chris Paul looking old and Paul's looked a lot better of late but uh yeah I think so do you favor the Suns over the Nuggets in the West now I, yeah I I do I, I would take the Suns in that series I think home court advantage matters less in the playoffs uh for, I mean Denver's does than in the regular season um, you know, you get a little bit more acclimated and, you know, both teams are on the identical travel schedule. So they're not going to get, they're not getting free wins for the altitude in that series. Um, and the Suns match up pretty well. I like, I like the, I just in general, I think the Suns are going to have no problem scoring on this Nuggets team. And uh, Nuggets didn't do enough to really add depth and haven't seen enough out of Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. this season to expect that that's like now a real, uh, you know, real viable trio. Um do you think I could get a price in the ballpark of what ten to one for an exact result Celtics over Suns? <laughs> ten to one. So what the Celtics are what uh, plus one fifty to come out of the East about now, and the Suns are plus two hundred. So and the Celtics, yeah, I mean that sounds about right. I don't mind that. I will push back on one thing: the Jamal Murray. I think a sneaky thing is we are now. Just I'm looking at his past. I mean, we're basically now six weeks, coming up on almost two months now of him looking like Jamal Murray where in January average 22 and 6 his past two games he's got 41 and 33 extremely efficiently he looks like he might be back to the guy that we saw pre-injury and I think that Michael Porter Jr. has looked fine but the team is Jamal Murray and Jokic and we know what Jokic is obviously but Murray I think does give them a fair bit of upside so I'm still riding with the Nuggets just I think one seed easier path even if I do think I do think Phoenix are better than Denver uh, and that would be very close if it is they do meet in the playoffs. I just think that the path is going to be easier 
for the Nuggets. And uh, yeah. it's good to say they have more depth because they don't have any depth, but they've probably got more depth than Phoenix. Yeah. Is uh, KD a good fit, in your opinion, with uh, Booker, CP, and uh, Aiden? Well, I think the thing about KD is he's the perfect fit for every single team in NBA history, right? And so I think he'll fit in just fine with those guys. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's going to look pretty good out here in the desert. All right, don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks to those watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. Thanks again to Mike Tanya. Be sure to check out him and Football Outsiders. Please rate and subscribe us if you're listening to us in podcast form. From Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. We'll see you tonight. Live stream for the NFL Honours. Watch me write in pain. Uh, and Drew as well. Drew can write as well. So uh, be sure to check that out. We'll send out links and everything. Uh, until then, have a good night. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.